Morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. My name is Nix, and I'm going to be reading the Bible for us on this wonderful Christmas morning. We have two readings this morning. The first one is going to be from Micah chapter 5, verses 1 to 6, and then we'll move to the New Testament. Micah chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. Now, daughter who is under attack, you slash yourself in grief. A siege is set against us. They are striking the judge of Israel on the cheek with a rod. Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be a ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labour has given birth. Then the rest of the ruler's brothers will return to the people of Israel. He will stand and shepherd them in the strength of the Lord, in the majestic name of the Lord his God. They will live securely, for then his greatness will extend to the ends of the earth. He will be their peace when Assyria invades our land, when it marches against our fortresses. We will raise against it seven shepherds, even eight leaders of men. And our New Testament verse is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Matthew 2, 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Well, good morning, every person. It's uh, great to see you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> let's, uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for this morning and that we can be with each other around your word. And Father, we do pray that you would help us as we come to think about these two passages and then we come to think about Jesus.
Father, we pray that you would help us to understand what your word has to say, that we would see Jesus more clearly. And Father, we pray that in his name. Amen. Well, I don't need to tell you this, but uh, Christmas morning, there are a lot of things to do. You may have already been doing many things before you arrived here this morning. There may have been presents that still needed to be wrapped. Maybe you were doing that this morning or late last night. There are maybe some last minute cleaning that needed to be done at your house. Perhaps there was, you were out mowing the lawn this morning before you arrived here. Maybe there was some last minute prepping of the food, but perhaps you put the roast on before you left and came here. Lots of things to do, lots of things to remember, lots of things to include in a Christmas morning. You know those times where you're unwrapping presents and the box says batteries not included. Like what? Christmas is ruined. I, I thought you were going to look at the box. I thought you looked at the box. What are we going to do now? There's lots of things to include in, in Christmas morning. Lots of people to include. Got to buy, make sure you buy presents for all the right people. Is Auntie Margaret going to be there today? Did we buy a present for Auntie Margaret? Let's buy one anyways and we'll take it along. And if she's not there, we'll just leave it in the bag. We'll bring it home and we'll eat it ourselves. <laughs> We've all done that. <laughs> Lots of people to include, presents to include. And also, it's also true that at Christmas time, it's you could feel like there are lots of things that you're not included in. And that's true too. Christmas is a time where there's lots of things going on and maybe some of them you wish you were included in, but for whatever reason, you're not. You know, there's, we've all been excluded from the Christmas party where we only ever found out that it was on because someone posted a picture on social media and we found out we weren't invited. You know what it's like to feel excluded at kind of Christmas time. And it can happen anywhere. It can happen everywhere at any time. It can happen with friends. It can happen with family. It can happen at Christmas. It can even happen at church. And it can even sometimes for some of us, it can perhaps even feel like it happens with us and with God. Maybe you feel like you used to be connected to him. Maybe you used to feel close to God. But for whatever reason, things have happened. You've kind of felt a bit on the diverging and you now don't feel as included, as connected to him as perhaps you once did. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're here and you never felt connected to him, never felt included by him. Maybe you're here and you've always felt like this is not really your place and you don't really belong in places like this. And you've come this morning, maybe because someone invited you or you just felt like it was time but it's easy to feel like you're on the outside when it comes to God things and church things. And what we're going to do here this morning from this passage in Matthew chapter 2 is I want us to see these two different groups, two different groups of outsiders, two separate groups who did not belong. 
And we're going to see how those two groups both respond very differently to the news of Jesus. And then what I hope is we will then see and we will learn what our response might also be from those two responses that we're going to look at. So we're in Matthew chapter 2 and we're going to consider these two responses. We'll see the response of the Magi, we'll see the response of Herod, and then we'll think about what our response might be. So first of all, who are the Magi and who is Herod? Matthew chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem and they said, where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. First of all, who is Herod? There are seven Herods in the New Testament. This is the first one. This is Herod the Great. This is Herod, King of the Jews. Now, there are two things you need to know about Herod, King of the Jews. Number one is he was not a Jew. And number two, he wasn't a king. (laughs) The Romans had installed him as a king, but they were the bosses and he was just there to look like it was all proper. He wasn't actually a king and he wasn't actually a Jew. He was from Edom. He was an Edomite. Now you might think Edomite, Vegemite, what is that? An Edomite, they were one of Israel's classic enemies from history. So here's here's Herod, an enemy, as a pretend king, ruling Israel, being called king of the Jews. You know, it would be, they were mad about this. It'd be like Megatron leading the Autobots. It'd be like Voldemort, headmaster of Hogwarts. It was, it was that kind of thing. It was, it was the enemy in charge and people hated him. The other thing that you need to know about Herod is we're pretty sure he was legitimately crazy. He ruled with terror, he ruled with murder. At one point, he was literally on his deathbed, dying any moment now. And he was so paranoid, he thought that his sons were trying to usurp the throne from him. Just to remind you, he's on his deathbed, paranoid. So what he does is he has all of his sons murdered so that they can't take the throne from him on his deathbed, right? He is mental. He's one of those people where the wheel is turning, but the hamster's dead, you know what I mean? (laughs) Crazy. So Jesus is born in the last few years of Herod's life at his peak craziness. Verse 1 says, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east. Who are the Magi? When it says the east here, it means east of Jerusalem. If, if this is where kind of Jerusalem is, 
The east is where all of Israel's enemies came from. This is where Babylon is. This is where Assyria is. This is where Persia is. All the enemies are east. And it, it says that the Magi come from the east. We don't know exactly where they came from. The point is they came from where all the enemies come from. That's the point. And then we're told that they were Magi. Magi are not kings. They're Magi. And that means they are kind of part astrologer, part court advisor, part wise man, part magician, part charlatan, magi. And whenever the, whenever the Bible talks about this flavor of person, it's not positive, never positive. You should never trust the wise men, never trust the magi. That's, that's how they talk. So this crowd arrive from the east. And why did they come? Why does Matthew tell us about them? Well, to work out why we're talking about them, we need to go back to that Old Testament reading that Nick's read out from the book of Micah. Micah is what the Magi are all about. Now, you might think, what's Micah about? Micah was a book that was written hundreds of years, 700 years before Jesus arrived. And the reason why we need to think about it is because Christmas didn't just pop up out of nowhere. It wasn't like Jesus just arrived from nothing. When Jesus arrived, he was the fulfillment of a whole bunch of promises that had been made hundreds and hundreds of years earlier. Even more than that, Jesus is the climax of a story that started all the way back in really the creation of everything. Hence, Micah. So we had it read out, but it's there in Matthew chapter 2, verse 3. What's going on with the Magi? Well, it says, when King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and the scribes of the people and he asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet, the prophet Micah. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Micah writes this at a time, hundreds of years earlier, when Israel was surrounded by their enemies and, and they were about to be conquered. And into that moment, Micah speaks and he speaks about a time in the future where God would send a king who would be a special king who would save his people and he would be a leader and he'd be a shepherd like some of those ancient great leaders of Israel back in the past. And for us, Bethlehem is a pretty famous place. I would hazard to think that most of us when we walked in here had heard of Bethlehem before. For us it's a famous place. Back then Bethlehem was one of those non-places. It was a it was one of those places where the kind of welcome to Bethlehem and the you are now leaving Bethlehem was on the same sign. 
just a tiny little village. No one cared about it. No one really knew about it. It was just a place. The only thing that Bethlehem was famous for is it was the place where the great king, King David, had been born. But besides that, nothing. And so these magi, they've come. They've come from the east. They've come from where all the enemies come from. And why have they come? Well, verse 2 They arrive and say, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. So here are these enemies. They have come to Jerusalem. They're on their way to Bethlehem. These high ranking court advisors, they've come not to conquer, not to invade. They've come, these foreign leaders have come to bow the knee to Israel's king. And if you were there at the time, you would be right to be somewhat sceptical of this. These high-ranking court officials come, enemies, to worship him. How do we know they're not here to assassinate him? That would be a fair thought. Let's see what happens. Verse 9. It says, after hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These magi from the east, they arrive and they are overwhelmed with joy. They are overjoyed at this king and they bring out their treasures. They bring treasure into Judah. They're not taking treasure out of Judah. They're bringing it in. And they bring in expensive presents, gold, frankincense, myrrh. These are expensive gifts. These are the gifts you would give to a king. These magi are legit. They are overwhelmed with joy. They're not overwhelmed with joy in the star. They're not overwhelmed with joy that the star finally stopped and it's time for a breather. They're not overwhelmed with joy because of where they are. They're overwhelmed with joy because they had found the king. And this year, like every year, we say that Christmas is a time of joy. And that's true. It is. Sometimes people hear that, though, and they hear us talking about it being a time of joy, and they think it's because of the food and the family and the friends and presents and tinsel and merriment. And, and for some of us, that's true. And and, and Christmas is that. But for others of us, it's not exactly like that. For others of us, Christmas is more of a struggle. For lots of us, it's a reminder of broken families and broken promises and broken relationships and things that aren't the way they're supposed to be. And it's a reminder of people who should be here, but for whatever reason, they're not. And for some of us, there's not much 
money for food or for presents or not as much as we would like, not as much as other people. And it's not that we're anti-joy or anti-Christmas. It's just that Christmas is, it's, it's mixed. It's good, but it's hard. And I think we all know that. But here, the thing about these magi, they're not overwhelmed with joy because of their circumstances. No one was overwhelmed with joy to go to Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a hole. No one wanted to go there. And they weren't getting richer. They were giving away gold and myrrh and frank. They were getting poorer. They were in Bethlehem getting poorer. That's like the worst thing you could be. But they're overwhelmed with joy, not because of where they are, but because of who they've found. They found the king, the actual king of the Jews. These enemies had come and they had submitted themselves to Jesus the king. But while the Magi are doing that, there's the other king of the Jews, Herod, and he's an enemy as well. And his response is not quite the same as theirs. Halfway through verse one, it says, wise men from the east arrived unexpectedly in Jerusalem and they said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Remember, they said this to Herod, the king of the Jews. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Herod wasn't born to be the king of the Jews. He was the king of the Jews who did not deserve to be the king of the Jews. He, the arrival of the promised king was bad news for Herod. It meant that the true king was here. And Herod was right. He was right to be deeply disturbed. He was right to be scared because that baby in the manger was not a usurper to the throne. He was the rightful king and it was Herod who was the usurper to the throne. He was the pretender. And he knew if Jesus was really the king, it meant that Herod was not. And Herod knew that if he really wasn't the king, he would have to stop pretending. He knew that if he had to stop pretending to be the king, then he would lose all the things he had. And so he didn't want to. Jesus was a threat. And so the Magi, they say, we want to go worship him. And Herod, he says, verse 8, go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. Herod's like, oh, you, want to, you want to go find him, worship him? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. When that, that's a great idea. When you find him, tell me where he is. And the Magi, they're smart. 
and they don't go report back to him. They sneak away and they go home some other way. And maybe you know what happens next. When Herod hears about this, he flies into a rage. We didn't read this part out, but Herod is apoplectic and and he massacres all the boys in that region who were two years old and under, massacres them. And that's part of the Christmas story too. We don't sing very many carols about that bit. But that's what happened. Jesus was a threat to Herod and Herod did what he could to get rid of him. And so we have these two responses from these two enemies, the Edomite Herod and the Persian Assyrian Magi. Both of them are enemies. Both of them are outsiders. Both of them do not belong. But they both hear about Jesus and they respond in two very different ways. And it's the same every time, in every place, every year. There really are two ways to respond to who Jesus is and his arrival. You can be like Herod and the religious elites and you can refuse him and ignore him and try and keep on pretending to not live that he's real and see him as a threat. Or you can be like the Magi, see him, meet him, acknowledge him as king and be overwhelmed with joy in him. There's two options. Both the Magi and Herod, both of them were outsiders. Both of them were enemies. Edomites were enemies just as much as Persian Assyrians were. They're both enemies. But the Eastern Magi, they come to Jesus and they find in him joy. The Edomite Herod rejects Jesus. This isn't about people who are good and people who are bad. This isn't about people who are religious and people who aren't. This isn't about people who are churchy people and people who aren't churchy people. It's not about that. The Magi were outsiders. Herod was an outsider. He did not belong. None of them were supposed to be there. But the Magi came to Jesus, whereas Herod rejected him. And maybe you're here and you think to yourself that you're not a religious person. You're not a church person. Maybe you wouldn't even say you're a good person. Maybe you feel like you're not really supposed to be here. You don't really belong here. And I've got to tell you, the truth is we're all outsiders, every one of us. Whether you've gone to church your whole life or this is the first time you've been in, in a church ever. It's not not about that. If you're religious or you're spiritual or you're moral or you're churchy or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's not about that. All of us, when it comes to God, all of us are outsiders. It's just the way that it is. None of us are good enough. None of us are perfect enough. None of us in this room is moral enough. Not you and certainly not me. None of us 
All of us, in a hundred different ways, all of us have made ourselves enemies of God. All of us are from the East. But you know what? The whole point of the Christmas story, the whole point of Jesus is that he came for outsiders. That's the whole point. He's come for people who aren't good enough. He's come for magi, people from the East, people who aren't supposed to be there, people who don't belong. And he accepted them and he welcomed them and he would do the same for you. It's a story about these two enemies, these two outsiders, and they tell us what kind of king Jesus is. He's the kind of king who welcomes enemies. And for those that he welcomed, for those who recognised him, he was the source and the ultimate endpoint of their joy. And it's been the same ever since. And so this Christmas, in this moment, it's up to you. You can, you can be like the magi and see Jesus as the fulfilment of a promise and you can come to him as king, saviour and you can decide to be enemies no more or you can be like Herod and you can see Jesus as king, as a promise kept but you can see that as a threat And you can reject him and keep pretending that you're the boss and that you're the queen or you're the king and you can pretend like him. But it'll only ever be pretend. And like Herod, it won't last very long. This is the heart of the message of Christmas. God has come into the world to offer peace to his enemies and to welcome in people who are on the outside. And that's the challenge of Christmas too. It's not about working out whether you're an outsider or not. You are an outsider. We all are. The challenge is working out as an outsider, how will I respond? Will I respond like Herod or will I respond like the Magi? Because Jesus came to welcome you in. Jesus arrived so that you can belong because that's the kind of king he is. He's the kind of king who takes outsiders and enemies and he welcomes them in and he turns them into friends. And so you can either respond like the Magi or you can respond like Herod. And only one of them is wise And so it's up to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for Christmas and for Jesus and for the kind of king he is. And Father, we do pray for each one of us in this room, no matter where we are with you and how spiritual we are or not spiritual. Father, we do pray for each one of us that you would help us Help us to see Jesus for who he really is. Help us to recognise him as king. And Father, we ask that you would help us to respond 
wisely to him. And we pray that in his name. Amen.